I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We'll break down the MLB playoffs, the postseason, and that the teams that are, are not represented, my Orioles and now Chad's Atlanta Braves. Yeah, I'd say uh, Fort's Braves, too, to, to some extent. Okay. It was his, his pick uh, to win it all. Not I got surprising. very excited because I'm you know standing here, six and Peabody standing here, sitting here. Sometimes I want to stand up. I get a bit of a headache at times, Hutton, just from having my Go neck ahead. in a certain position uh, to where I like give myself. I, I haven't had a migraine since I was in sixth grade, but I feel like I almost have a migraine just because my head, I want to get it I want to get a little loose at times. Yeah. I want to stand up like McAfee does at the desk, but I, that pick a I, podcast. We could do that. Yeah, but then it would be like a you know a torso shot yeah. of me if I stood up. So I don't think that'd be good for anyone. But and Chad, I, I'm Chad looking, will be the first to admit the torso is uh, too long. Too I long got too of a torso. long of a torso. Too long. Not something you normally hear about. Something that's negative for a guy, but for me. That is, in fact, the case. The torso. I'm looking this way, torso only. Yeah. I'm looking straight ahead, <laughs> Hutton. And, and what I see, you know, I see people, especially on Fridays, roaming through, sampling moonshine, yes. grabbing mason jars. And I look up, and I see Michael Fort McHenry right there staring back at me and got very excited. It was like going home. It was sort of a home. Migraine gone. Yeah. Not seeing him on, on the Zoom feed. But seeing him right there, it was like my very own Zoom box that I could see through the window as he's looking at me. Confirmation that he is, in fact, in the house and here. He's ready to go. I'm ready to talk some baseball with him. I'm not excited about talking about the Braves losing to the Phillies. Right. But that's what we're going to do right now, I believe. Yes, we hit the uh, top headlines of the day. Scorched earth uh, across uh, the Outkick Network. And we start with the Phillies and uh, the dominant performance by them. We've... Harped a lot on the bats for Atlanta cooling off as soon as the regular season ended. Uh, but, Chad, this is uh, props to Philadelphia. And you called it whenever they were battling for the uh, positioning of the, the postseason. You said, hey, this is shaping up to be an Atlanta-Philadelphia matchup that is not good in, in terms of your outlook. You didn't, you didn't think it was the, uh, the best possible outcome despite the record-setting season for the Braves. Yeah, and look, it's a good reminder that the Phillies have a, a much higher payroll than the Braves. Yeah. I mean, they've got a star-studded lineup, too. So while the Braves were, I think, 15, 16 games better or whatever it was than the Phillies in the regular season, doesn't matter when you go head-to-head and especially doesn't matter in a five-game playoff series. I much prefer seven. I'm not saying the Braves are winning three straight to beat them, but you know, you're going back to Atlanta Streaky. with a chance. Yeah. And it's not such a short series. So that, that part of it I've absolutely hated. Hats off to the Phillies. Hats off to Ranger Suarez, who I thought was brilliant in game one and in game four last night. He went right after the Braves hitters. I mean, he was ahead 0-2 over and over again, not messing around, not trying to get guys to chase. He was going right after the Braves, throwing tons of strikes. And the Braves just did uncharacteristic things at the plate throughout the series, and it ended up costing them – Kudos to the Phillies, two years in a row now, 
Uh, they've upset the Braves as the lower seed. They're on to the NLCS for a second straight year. We'll see if they can get over the hump this year and, and win it all. But Nick Castellanos was huge. Four home runs in two days for the Phillies. And these were no doubters. These were absolute rocket shots that Moon he had for shots. home runs. You knew right away the thing was gone. And, uh, Chad, this is where you would insert and say, and of course it happens against the Braves where uh, Castellanos, he has uh, consecutive multi-home run playoff games. That's the first in MLB history uh, with that. Plus, uh, you've got Turner, who was the first Phillies player with a four-hit playoff game. So... Yeah. Well, even they, in, they, you know, they got the bats rolling and Atlanta didn't. Well, the eighth Sucks. and ninth inning, the Braves had a chance. Uh, it's three to one. They load the bases. They had two outs, three straight walks, load the bases for Ronald Acuna Jr., who has his chance, has his moment, and he hits a, a good ball deep in the gap, and it's a good catch at the wall to end a the inning. Track, yeah. And then the, the biggest disappointment is Braves get him first and third after a Sean Murphy hit. Ozuna gets on with a walk. Murphy gets a hit, moves Ozuna to third with some aggressive base running. And it's two pop-outs to short and a strikeout to end the game. Can't even get the one run home. Again, just disappointing offense for a Braves team that you wouldn't have said that all season about their offense being disappointing at all, and it was throughout this series. Chad, Colorado, the Buffaloes, primetime. Well, they're playing in primetime tonight, 9 o'clock kickoff. And uh, it sounds like two-way player Travis Hunter is set to return. All signs pointing to that. That's coming through ESPN. Um, he's missed the last three games after leaving with that injury in their week three win over Colorado State, uh, where he took the, uh, the shot to the liver. And he's back in three weeks. It, the, the lacerated liver, that description of an injury, sounds like it should be more than a three-week issue uh, just by the, the, the name of, of said problem. But here's Colorado. They're playing Stanford, I believe, yep. this evening. And uh, a chance for another victory. And the return timetable that Dion put out there to begin with is spot on. It's been three weeks, and, and here he comes right back into the lineup. Well, lacerated liver or spleen, uh, something you normally see in a car accident. And you see it on the football field at times <laughs> yeah. as well. It, it sounds really scary, and I think that it is. But it's one of those injuries that it's just, it's just time and rest, and it heals itself. Um, I don't know. Three weeks seems awfully quick to me when I hear an injury like that. But good for Travis Hunter. He's going to be back out there tonight for Colorado. I know Deion Sanders doesn't like these uh, late-night games. I think it's an 8 o'clock local time kickoff tonight uh, against Stanford. But you're going to see a lot of this. He says because, it's the dumbest thing ever. Well, the, one of the reasons that the Pac-12, uh, or at least the old Pac-12, was going to be somewhat – useful those teams I'm talking about that have now moved on is because you get a late night window so you can expect now that yeah. Oregon and Washington and USC and UCLA have moved on to the Big Ten and Colorado's moving on to the Big 12 networks are going to use that 8 45 9 p.m. 9 15 9 30 slot they're going to utilize that to get an extra three hour window in for for programming so get used to it you're going to be one of the far western teams in the mountain time zone in the Big 12 now for Colorado, so I don't think it's going away for Dion. Yeah, I mean, he's had three games this year, though, with a 10 a.m. local time kickoff for him and, and the Buffaloes. Uh, his, his quote, uh, he says, who makes these 8 o'clock games? It's the dumbest thing ever, the stupidest thing ever invented in life. Who wants to stay up till 8 o'clock for a dang game? What about the East Coast? Do they even care about ratings or anybody watching? What are we supposed to do with the kids all day until 8 o'clock? What are we supposed to do in the hotel? 
You mentioned the ratings. Chad, the late game earlier this year, the Colorado-Colorado State matchup, kicked off at what time? 10 o'clock Eastern? Yeah, I want to say it was like 9.30. And it, how, how many millions it of was, people tuned in for it that? It was Pac-12 after dark, and a lot of people watched. 20-plus million. People tuned in at like, uh, was it like 2 a.m., 1 a.m. or yes, something on yes. the East Coast? You said that's when it peaked, I when think. When the game was ending. So, yeah, I mean, people will watch. Look. Deion Sanders sounds like me. Uh, you know, you get a little bit older, you get up early in the morning, and you want things over with early in the day. I love a nice 9 a.m. softball start time to coach. That's what I have tomorrow morning. So I get it out get of the up. way yeah. early. Deion sounds way older than he actually is when he's saying, oh, these 10 a.m. games are great. I don't know what we do with these kids all day. Going to sit around? How, how are people going to stay up past 8 p.m. to watch us play? A very old man stance from Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders is quite the paradox Yes. in that while he wears the sunglasses and at times the cowboy hat and he's got the bling on. And he's Perception got, is not you know, reality he, there. He doesn't though. talk like most Except you know, for the ego. older men speak, right? He's a, way more in line with kids of today with his swagger and his attitude. He has an old man's <laughs> mentality. And he is very old school the way he coaches that team, the way he talks yes. about sports. The way he talks about life, the way he talks about leading people, it is extremely old school in a sport that's getting younger and young, younger even the way the coaches approach it. So I kind of respect that part of Deion Sanders. But, look, I, I get it. You know, if you're a coach, you're wanting to get the game out of the way and you're not going to want to sit around a hotel all day. We've talked about that before. Knowing coaches, they hate that, a night game when you're sitting around all day waiting for it to happen. It's a long time. But it's part of the deal. You get slotted where you get yep. slotted through your network agreement. and If you're the better team, you're going to be in there Guess a lot. how much money these coaches are making in large part because of that TV deal. That's, that's part of the bargain you make when you sell out to networks and TV times. This is what you're going to get. Chad, you mentioned old school approach to certain things uh, that with Dion. Old school uh, bitterness is how I would describe right now Jerry Judy and uh, former Panthers great and NFL great wide receiver Steve Smith, who uh, uh, had some words last night for NFL Network. And I, first off, props to Mike Garofalo and Steve Smith for bringing it up on air to describe the, the situation. But uh, like many, Steve Smith is uh, way more versed to speak on the wide receiver position than many. But like many... Not pleased with what he's seen from, from Jerry Judy because on his podcast, Cut To It, uh, he recently said that and, and called Jerry Judy Jag or just a guy. And it's been thrown out there a lot as a motivating factor, not for Judy, but other receivers uh, of the past. Uh, we've certainly, Chad, locally, we saw that happen with uh, Justin Hunter here in town where many were saying he's, he's, a, he's a Jag, he's just a guy. Yep. If you're a superstar or want to have the superstar mentality or used to being treated as such, Judy certainly had that in college. He's got the uh, expectations now in the, in the league. That's a slight, and that's a big one because there are plenty of guys in the league that are just a guy with higher expectations than what they're producing. Uh, so Smith went on and through his description on NFL Network said that he w tried to go up to him to – smooth things over, explain where he's coming from. And Judy wanted nothing to do with it. As he approached Judy uh, pregame last night, he said, I don't mess with you. I don't want anything to do with you. And Smith went on to say on the air, 
I'm sorry I said you were, you were a Jag, just a guy who's an average wide receiver they used in a first-round pick on that is, is not doing anything. I hope today you actually show up in a way that you haven't shown up in the last couple of years since they drafted you. So if you ever got a problem with Agent 89, I'm sorry for saying that you were an average wide receiver that they will eventually move on from. When teams call me to ask if they should trade for you, I'll say no. Don't trade for Jerry Judy because his mentality, he's unable to handle constructive criticism who watch specifically if you can be a wide receiver. He's a tier three. That from Steve Smith. Old school is Steve Smith. And uh, at least in the case of Jerry Judy, he's not going up and you know smoothing things over as if he doesn't pay attention to the noise when he in fact did and wanted nothing to do with Steve Smith afterwards. It's very thin-skinned of Jerry Judy, first off, especially if Steve Smith is apologizing. I don't think Steve Smith owes him an apology based on the lack of production from Jerry Judy, first off. I mean, him saying he's a jag, just a guy, not the worst thing you can say uh, about someone. And he, he's right. So he actually went up and tried to apologize, and this is the response he gets. He said, ninja, I don't mess with you. I guess he's using that word as opposed to what he actually said. Yeah, that's what he said last night. Yeah, on, he was trying air. to exchange words. Okay, I wanted to clear that up because I saw that in the actual quote. And I watched the video, and I'm thinking, okay, now, now, now I get what word he was trying to cover up for. Also not great. Um, this makes Jerry Judy look really foolish. And I absolutely love the fact that Steve Smith basically went Conor McGregor where he said, I'd like to apologize for absolutely bleeping nothing after he said that. He got that response from him. And he goes on to say how you're an average wide receiver and you were drafted in the first round and you're disappointing everyone. I want to apologize for that. Uh, this is like the I want to apologize if you're offended. If you're offended, I apologize. I, I love it from Steve Smith. Um, well, I, I think Jerry Judy has been a disappointment. And uh, he needs to suck it up and take it, especially when a guy who's a lot better than him as an NFL receiver is trying to apologize to him. Here's the other thing. Uh, props to NFL Network and, and the NFL uh, game day show uh, pregame where you've got – you have the setup for Steve Smith who had no problem describing what had just happened. Yeah. In real time. So often uh, behind the scenes – you can't do certain things or they want you to shy away from speaking your opinion or if it's the opposite of whatever's going on uh, with the tone or tenor of who you're working for, keep it to yourself. We don't subscribe to that. No. And in this case, uh, the NFL Network's own didn't either. And I love it. Instead of just moving on to the next topic on Jerry Judy, Smith was just like, yeah, ask me anything about it. I'm going to tell you exactly what's going on. He even covered up his own uh, language that he heard from Jerry yeah. Judy in that. I love it's, it. It's I, fantastic. I love that there wasn't anyone from NFL Network saying, don't, don't talk about that. Don't, you know, that well, was, that was pregame on the field. Too. Don't yeah. talk about it. But yeah, Garofalo asking him it. Steve Smith being honest in his reply, giving details of what went on. He didn't go nuts or anything. No, no, no. But now, he got fired up as he was telling the story. And you could tell he probably wanted to say more, and you could, you could sense that inner competitor in Steve Smith coming out as he's telling it, and then he's saying just, exactly what he believes Jerry Judy is at this point in his career. I, I love the whole thing. And I love, from the studio show, the toss to Garofalo and Smith for the on-field, uh, you know, just the, the feel of what's about to happen on Thursday Night Football, right? Their report. Uh, let's go live to the field. That was their report. Yeah. That is authentic and genuine and perfect for how you build up something without making it uh, about yourself. I mean, he, he, it's about Steve Smith, but it was real. You know, I it's, loved not, it. it's not uh, him being criticized. 
It's him discussing a wide receiver and whether or not he backs up what he said on his podcast. And he went into further detail about it based on the interaction or brief interaction. I loved it. And Jerry Judy takes the L on this. Oh, one. yeah. Yeah. Big time. Uh, the Giants have taken plenty of L's uh, this year. Daniel Jones will not play uh, for the New York Giants with the neck issue. He's been sacked 17 times over the last two games, uh, two outings. He's out. Terod Taylor is in as the Giants hit the road. Short road trip for them in Buffalo. Bills and Giants. And uh, the Bills should be able to feast. They should be able to feast. Terod Taylor gets a shot against his former team where he was a starter. Terod Taylor's had plenty of former teams. He's had a lot of teams. A lot of revenge games. A lot of teams. Michael McHenry in studio with us next. We discuss the MLB postseason and who's left. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Coming up in 20 minutes, Kelly in Vegas will join us. We'll get the top plays for your wagering weekend. Always money, on the money. Just not Megan making money, Chad. Kelly in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, on the thanks show. for clarifying that yeah. for me, Hutton. Sometimes I have problems uh, deciphering between the two. I- inside joke. I yeah. once. Well, Clay's uh, called Kelly, Megan. I once accidentally spoke to Kelly in Vegas as she was Megan making money. And uh, I'll never live it down. Let's be honest. I'm never, never going to overcome that. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Ehop Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow. Uh, also, coming up uh, in 40 minutes, Chad's got his top 10 games of the college football weekend, detailing what to watch and why. Maybe throwing some picks there as well. In studio with us now, Michael McHenry, former Major League Baseball catcher, now MLB analyst, and in studio. Great to see you, Fort. It's good to be here. I got my Oktoberfest. Very happy to be here. It is a wild, wild scene out there. Great music, good people. Place is packed, isn't it? Yeah, I got some great conversations. A guy from Canada wanted me to have an accent, and he was frustrated I didn't. He said, listen, I've I've moved all over the country. I don't have an accent. He was like, just say the A. Say the A. I was like, I don't have the y'all thing going on. He did not accept it, and he started bringing up where all his All he has to do is make a a balloon animal also, a balloon bicycle, like Vince Vaughn. Listen, you will be my clown. (laughs) Come on, just be funny. Do something. Dance for me, idiot. I had to juggle, and then my shirt came off. It got weird, but that's no big deal. Spin me a yarn, you yokel moron. Come on. Come on, you jackal. The Canadian can literally. What words do you say incorrectly down here? He can literally look anywhere else in the building. Building with uh, right. you know right. a thousand people here and ask them. Yeah, where's your Canadian tuxedo, sir? Please put that on. <laughs> Why aren't you dressed like a Mountie, you moron? That's what you should have said to him. That uh, pisses me off for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, we became lo- friends. A lot of jean shorts and uh, bachelorette parties here at Sixth uh, and Peabody. Always fun on Fridays. Yep. Wow, you're, you're exactly right. I, I couldn't believe. I haven't been back to Nashville in a, a little bit of time. My wife's told me it's like it's like a little Vegas, and it really is. I mean, bachelor parties everywhere. They're they're Riding around in cages like they're wild animals, it's kind of different for me. I, I didn't know what to think. I, 
I don't necessarily don't dislike it, but it's just different. I read wow. an article that Nashville is the one uh, major city in America that has returned. Its economy has returned to 2019 levels. Wow. As of last week, the only one to recover to that level. Uh, and you see it. You see the economy yes. right here around Nashville. Now, you're in town playing baseball right now, 35 and up. Is that correct? I'm, I'm in town coaching. I, coaching. I may, I may okay. get to play a little bit. A couple guys didn't show up. You're going to put yourself in the lineup? Well, uh, I heard this. And I, I, I thought you were playing. I'm like, this seems unfair. Quite the ringer. <laughs> you may have to. Former major leaguers out here playing in games. Like, I wouldn't want to face that. So it, it's first time event. It's a Music City shootout. It's the Giants. It's the Braves. It's the Pirates. And I believe, I want to say the Indians, but I know I'm wrong. It's Detroit. Excuse me. We always forget about Detroit. Hate to say that, but we really do. But it's, it's a round-robin America event. America forgot about Detroit years you're, ago. Don't you're, worry. You're exactly right. They have a nice casino, though. Um, they do. But at the end of the day, we just play round-robin, a bunch of guys, anywhere from 80 years old all the way down to about 35. If you're younger than 35, you can't pitch. But yesterday I had a lefty throwing about 82 to 85, nasty spin. And it was really fun to see a 78-year-old do a little bit of an each row, hit the ball to third baseman and beat it out. So, I mean, these guys love it. If you want to see pure love for the game, you come out and watch these guys. We'll be playing tomorrow at Sound Stadium. It's going to be a blast. 78 years old and he's beating out the throw at first? Dude can run. I'm telling you, these guys take care of themselves. They take this <laughs> uberly serious. They go around the country and play all over the place. Guys are going for two weeks next week to Florida to play the Roy Hobbs event. I didn't know any of this existed. I'm about to dive all in. Uh, my wife has a friend back in Nebraska, and the friend's dad, I think, is almost 80 and pitching mm. in a, like a 75 or 70 and up. He was going to Denver, I think it was, to play in the 70 and up World Series. Wow. And I'm thinking, this is a thing? I, I didn't know that even existed, that I you could participate in baseball at that age. But he's a pitcher at yeah. that age. And Crazy. For everybody watching out there, I've been trying to recruit these two. You know, Hutt said he would come out and I'll maybe do some broadcasting. I think, I think maybe we can get With one of the play. two to play. I, I, could, I could still snag it. Yeah, you said there. you got softball I, tomorrow. Let's yeah, go. I don't know about hitting a baseball. I haven't done that in a long time. I could hit a slow pitch softball for you. You know what else you can do? If you need it. Hey, some of those guys throw slow pitch softball. You can also coach. Just fine. The win-loss record's pretty good for I, I could, Coach Look, Withrow. I'm always looking for coach advice Chad. and help on coaching, too. Maybe I should go out there and watch you. Let's go. Uh, go to work you and take some notes. You can be my assistant anytime. Let's go. Let's do it. First base coach over here. I love it. I'll be super aggressive. Just, <laughs> I'll, I'll warn you. I'm sending that 78-year-old dude. Every time. I don't care if it's – he's beating out the throw to first and I'm sending him to second. Yeah, hard testing 90s. the arms. Yeah. Yep, I love it. I love it. We had that conversation. Hey. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, we're uh, Michael McHenry in studio with us. We're, we're surprised with uh, the results of what we've seen thus far, where right now going to the uh, championship series, Astros-Rangers and Phillies taking on the Diamondbacks. Your reaction to what we've seen thus far halfway through the postseason? Honestly, it's blowing me away, and it makes me look back and say, do we need seven games like you guys were talking about in that last segment? Do we need maybe a change on how long these guys lay off? I mean, the rust was evident. I mean, especially for the pitching and the hitting, you saw L.A. just almost bow down to the Tampa Bay uh, – or, excuse me, Tampa Bay, the Diamondbacks. I mean, it was remarkable how good the Diamondbacks played and how bad L.A. played. Same thing, you're talking about one of the best historically offenses in all of baseball, Atlanta Braves. They scored eight runs. I mean, they, they could not get anything going. They couldn't clump it together. Spencer Strider looked a little bit off. He gave up his first home run above 100. I mean, when you are going and you're playing 162 games and you really don't get much time off, you go right into that wild card and then right into that divisional series, it's a huge deal. I mean, that's, that's a huge help to keep going. That's what you're used to. 
these teams that had to lay off, as hard as they tried to do simulated games, it's not the same. You have no crowd, and when you have to go into Philadelphia and different places like that, it's a different animal. What would the players say about reducing that time or speeding up the postseason uh, with, with days off so that it would, in, in, in essence, in theory, remedy what you're just discussing where those that win and have the week, well, they're, it's back into the groove that they ended the season with. Money. It's all about money. They're never going to change it. It, they're trying to go around football. They're trying to do different things. And because of that, they're not going to be able to, you know, fit things in. They're going to do the best they can, but they're going to get away from the weekends. They're going to stay away from college football, yeah. NFL, and then you have NHL starting up as well. So all these things are going on. Tough they're, to do anyway now with yeah, all exactly, the games every day. Exactly. So it's going to be tough for them to find a way to do it unless they start the season either sooner or shorten the season, which they're also not going to do. Well, and this sounds crazy. Right, because it's just it's antithetical to everything you want to do as a competitor and during a season. But isn't it in the Braves' best interest not to win the division next year and to be a wild card team? I mean, that sounds nuts, but they were almost too good in the regular season. And I feel like if the roles were reversed, they would have had an advantage had they been able to beat the Marlins two games at home and then played the Phillies. You know, I heard. Am a, I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And I heard a really cool thought. What if they gave them the option? Gave them the That's option to play. So the Braves would end up playing in that wild card game. And but what you do you think it. the players would say? I, think that, I don't think there's an organization that would exactly. opt into doing it. Mm -hmm. They would go the Braves route and take the time off and it automatically be in the NLDS and not take the chance. It's also such bulletin board material, mm. right? If you're yeah. opting, you're like, no, we'll play the Marlins. <laughs> we'll risk <laughs> our season in two games, two tries, because we're sure we're going to beat them. That gives fuel to the fire. But it's just... I don't know. Baseball, in, talk about this, Michael, in that it's such a fickle beast to begin with, right? And you play for so long, 162 games, every day, one day off a week, that's it. And you get to the end, and to me it just seems cruel and unusual that when you get to the final four of each league, you got a five-game series. <laughs> that, those need to be seven. Like starting there, let's go seven games, seven games, seven games to win the World Series. That's not too much to ask, is it? And I don't know that's going to hurt the bottom line. I feel like it's going to help it. Uh, in anytime you can play more games, I think it's going to help that bottom line. And I like the seven-game series. I mean, you play the three, and then go right into seven. Three was unprecedented when they did it. I do miss the one and done. I, I do think that excitement should come back. I don't know how they want to kind of pull that off, but I'd love to see a one, three, and then go to the seven and just keep the momentum going. Let's play every single day just like we do in season. No days off. And I think these guys would stay in rhythm a lot better. We'd see better baseball. I mean, the way Tampa Bay played, I mean, I know they didn't get that time off. They didn't play well. You could see that there was a lot of anxiety going into that game. But we saw that with the teams like the Dodgers. I mean, the way Kershaw pitched, I mean, that is a conundrum for me. He's got to figure it out. But at the same time, it's hard not to get out there and compete almost eight, nine days and then go out and throw. It's just not something you're used to. Well, here's another possible radical change and then we'll get into the final four that's actually being played. Um, what if the best team in each league got an automatic buy to the championship series? Just one team. Wow. Then you had a four-team play-in. Those four play each other, three-game series, to then play each other in a seven-game series. The winner of that gets the team in the championship series. Now, that's an extraordinarily long layoff for the team that gets the buy all the way to that. But if you really wanted to make the regular season something and not just the pennant chase – but now, all of a sudden, it is an enormous race 
to have that best record within the league. In this case, the Orioles and the Braves would have had buys to the championship series in each league. Too crazy? Yeah, I mean, that layoff would just absolutely would haunt you. Yeah, I mean, you, you think about baseball, we play so many games. I mean, there's a reason why the team with the best momentum going into the, the postseason ends up really pushing through. I mean, you look, since June 2nd, the Phillies have won over 70 games. They've been remarkable. That momentum last year and this year going into that second half has been so good, and they've really taken off, and it's showing right now. I thought maybe Miami could push, but when they had to play a very, very tough team in Philadelphia, they really had no shot. But you look at the teams with the momentum going into the postseason, that's the team that usually takes off and gets to the World Series. That's what, exactly what we're seeing. Well, and I remember talking to you about all these teams in there, and you said it would not shock me if any team got hot in the National mm -hmm. League and went on a run and, and won it. What about these Diamondbacks? You mentioned their dominance over the Dodgers. Now they get this hot Phillies team. What do you think about this NLCS? You know what changed my mind about the Diamondbacks and how good they could be and how they could make a run is when Mookie Betts interrupted the press conference with the manager of the Diamondbacks, went in and gave him a hug and said, this guy helped me grow up. This guy was there when nobody else was. That just changed my world because when a player of his status goes out of his way to make a scene, because this guy doesn't make a scene. He's from Nashville. He kind of keeps to himself, does his thing, and he also like does a lot for the community. But he's not going to go out of his way unless you've actually done something for him or really been a man that stood his ground, had high character, high morale, high morals, all those things. And that's exactly what this guy has shown. And then the fact that he came back and gave praise to his coaching staff. One of my favorite people in baseball is Jeff Bannister, the bench coach for the Diamondbacks, and he just poured into this guy has helped me so much. We've been an absolute accountability group. He's really kept me accountable through the season. I've done the same to him, but he's told me the truth. And when you have a team that's fighting like that, you see the coaches diving into the pool in right center after they win a game, you can tell that camaraderie is different. So the Phillies have their hands full. I know that's going to start in Philadelphia. That's going to be a big deal because I think playing there is a different animal. If you don't think there's a 10th man in baseball, go to Philadelphia. Michael McHenry in studio with us for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Rangers and Astros preview the series uh, for us, Michael, and uh, just from the Rangers' perspective, getting healthier and uh, still haven't lost in the month of October. I'm telling you, and Max Scherzer's on the mend. I mean, think about that. Yeah. Max Scherzer's on the mend. Whether he's going to throw or not, him walking to the bullpen, throwing a bullpen, doing those things shows the fight, the grind, the grit he has in his mind. That's going to fire those guys up because they think, man, if we just keep going, we're going to get our guy back. If we get our guy back, we got something special. And a lot of things that they're doing are hitting right at the right time, and they've got a wild card. They've got the special, special sauce in Bruce Boshi. That guy mm. is phenomenal. Not only does he have the biggest head in all of baseball, that means that brain is huge, but he's been there. He's done that. I think his uh, presence kind of wore off middle of the season. We saw them fall off. But then postseason comes. A lot of these guys haven't been deep in the postseason. A couple of them won a ring. But then they see Bruce Bochy walk in like it's just another day. And he comes in and speaks. His presence is felt. He's a king when it comes to postseason baseball. And the Diamondbacks in the final minute here. Diamondbacks uh, taking on Philadelphia. Expectations for Arizona. I'll tell you right now, I think Arizona is one of the toughest teams because they're hard to scout. They do a lot of things. They can run. They can bunt. They play incredible defense. If their pitching's on... It's going to be very hard to be on against Philadelphia, what they just did to the Braves. But I'm telling you, that team is scary. I would not want to play them, but so is Philadelphia. It's going to be my favorite series to watch. 
Is Philly the loudest stadium? No doubt. No doubt right now. No doubt in my mind. There was a different energy. There, there really you could, is. You could hear it even come across in the broadcast. And if you guys haven't seen the Bryce Harper interview after that last game, how he loves and adores that city, those fans, the front office, you do not hear that from the star player. Remind me the last time you heard that from Mike Trout. You heard that from yeah. LeBron James. Some of the biggest players in any sport when them saying, you know, Mr., Mrs., and also saying, I love these people. I think he said some of that about D.C. also, but could be wrong. Yeah, <laughs> he, he could have. Yeah. Maybe he just liked where he's at. May just be kind of who he is. <laughs> the- I did like his suit, though, with the, sky, the Philly skyline oh. on the inseam of his suit oh, that's- and the Philly fanatic. Yeah, and then uh, he also coming had, out of the pocket. He also had uh, pocket uh, square. Yeah, he also had who was it? Um, he had the Philly fanatic. He had Dion one day. Yeah, I mean the guy is just absolutely killing it when it comes to his clothes. Dion Sanders played McKendry for the Braves, kills it, by the way. On the uh, analysis the with that. us, you can follow him on social <laughs> at D Fort McKendry. Uh, best of luck, coach, at all the baseball this weekend. I appreciate it. We need it. We're down one right now. Michael McKendry's been our guest. Kelly in Vegas is next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Our thanks for uh, to Michael McHenry for, for coming in studio with us. Uh, Hunt, we're about great. to enter the one segment of the week where I'm good at predicting things. You're very it's good. the only time. I can't predict anything else. Terrible at betting this, all fall, but this is the one time where my presentations have been nearly top-notch. What Chad is saying is take his presentations to PointsBet well, and outkick.com slash bet. I'm hoping Kelly right now is listening and hopefully, She's you know, going to take, take my advice this time. Exclusively we'll for first-time PointsBet users, grab this unique offer. Right now, PointsBet users get up to $1,000 in second-chance bets. If your first bet doesn't go as planned, PointsBet has your back with a second chance. I'm about to really explain the second chance here. Get this offer by visiting outkick.com. Tell us bet. what that is, Hutton. Complete the registration process with PointsBet. Make your first bet. Chad, if your first bet happens to lose, well, oh. that's when the second chance bets come into play. Remember, terms and conditions wins, apply. But if there's no second chance. That's Only if they lose. Correct. That's the, okay, correct. Thank you. thank you for clarifying. 21 or older in legal gambling states. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Outkick.com slash bet. Uh, we don't lose with Kelly in Vegas. Never. Who joins us. Never. Can, uh, check out The Fade. Outkick host with The Fade and uh, with Clay Travis on The Fade as well. Kelly, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you guys, too. I'm so glad that Clay and I decided to name our show The Fade because that is what you should have been doing with me the last seven weeks of college football. It has been an awful roller coaster ride. So I'm glad to hear that Chad has had some success. We're wounded but not dead, Kelly. That, that's what we are right now, right? You can. We've been nicked in the wing a little bit, but we're still sprinting full speed ahead. I am a, a follower, subscriber, however you do it, on the Apple podcast of The Fade. Uh, and I'm enjoying it so far. Yep. So uh, either way, great insight. And uh, as, as I've said before, I've been terrible at predicting. I'm great at reacting to things, terrible at predicting so far. But I have been okay with our presentation to you about which bet to take. But so far, you favored Hutton more. I don't know if Hutton's won his 
Or not. I've hit twice. Okay. I've hit twice. It's not well been too. good for Hutton when I agree with him. It has not been good. It hasn't been good for Clay either when I agree with him. I have uh, been ice cold four and five again last Saturday. So I've got to turn it around here this week. All right, Chad. You up first. So I'm going to stick with, I think this is two weeks in a row I've gone with home SEC favorite by double digits to cover the spread. I think LSU is going to destroy Auburn at night in Death Valley at LSU. And here's why. Teams that have a great offense, LSU has no defense. Teams with a great offense can score with them and make it a close game and make it interesting. Auburn's got a really good defense, not great on offense. I just don't think they can hang with LSU in that offense, even with a good defense at LSU. Give me the LSU Tigers minus 11 at home against Auburn. I am taking points here, and I'm playing into uh, one of Kelly's favorite teams to back, although I don't think she's doing it this weekend. Wyoming taking on Air Force, getting 11 and a half points. And when I saw this, I did a double take, uh, just knowing how much uh, the, the experts have backed Wyoming to begin, and they've gone quiet. Well, give me the Cowboys, and I'm just... I know Air Force is going to run the football. They run the football like 60 times a game or something. But uh, 11 and a half points. This was 10 and a half earlier in the week. I like my bet even more. Plus 11 Wyoming tomorrow night. Oh, I know I have to side with one of you. Go ahead. And yes, Wyoming has been great to me. I uh, did not bet them on the money line last week, but they did get the outright win over Fresno State for me. And look. They've looked good through the Mountain West, right? Utah State, San Jose State, San Diego State. This defense has been great. They have not allowed a rushing touchdown in three games. But Air Force doesn't need to run the ball. They have an insane air raid. And I made the mistake of betting against this team once before with San Diego State. I'm going to be cheering for you, Hutton, but I cannot get behind you. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to back it. Chad. Come on. Oh, my gosh. Come on. Ah. LSU with the win last week with the dagger in my soul uh, to not to kill the Mizzou cover while Mizzou I wanted them to win outright that pick six was just as bad as the pick six that got me with Texas Tech and Oregon earlier in the year you have to kind of look at how tough Auburn's played LSU over the years right we know Hugh Hugh Freeze is a great underdog I tried to back them on the road in College Station and you're right. Their defense came to play. That offense was abysmal. And that is why I cannot take Auburn this week against you with LSU. But I'm just going to say buyer beware. This one seems a little stinky, right? You've got this LSU team who kind of came out of uh, Columbia feeling themselves, for lack of better words, right? They had to feel pretty good about that win. But that's just because they're not a good football team. And uh, someone is going to get them. I know that they've had a couple of ugly losses uh, to Florida State. You know, a million points scored there in Oxford. But something tells me here that Auburn might shock the world in Tiger Stadium. I, I just don't know. So if I have to side with one of you, <laughs> I've got to say Hutton uh, oh. and the Wyoming Cowboys. Which, oh, this is great. That was not, a, like I mean, you said, really... it's been great for you. When I disagree with you, it's no, been great for you. You want to talk about a roller coaster ride. That was an amazing answer. But, I mean, I went through all sorts of emotions. Or that I was certain you were going to go with mine. And then the flip-flop back to Hutton in the end was truly remarkable. We need to call this segment now 
the uh, Kelly, if I have to pick one of yours. That's yeah. how it starts every time. Oh, I don't like so either bad. one, but if I, I had to pick, it would be Hutton's pick. I like Hutton's bet also, but... 11 and a half points. I mean, what the hell do I know? <sighs> yeah, I know. That's what we've shown over the weeks. Vegas the always do knows. Know? Kelly always knows. Kelly in Vegas joins us. Uh, let's go through your best bets uh, of the weekend. Colorado State and Boise. Boise favored by eight and a half, and you like the Rams. Yeah, I took the Rams at seven and a half here, and I know it's going to be a really popular selection, but that's just because you want to fade Boise as a favorite, bet on them as an underdog in the blue turf, and neither of those come into play here. Speaking of neither of those, neither of these teams play defense. This is going to be a shootout. Uh, I do think the Rams, who can throw downfield, they have a top five passing offense, and while they looked absolutely dreadful last week versus Utah State, I expect uh, Troy Horton to have a big game against this Broncos secondary. Do I think this is worth the money line sprinkle? I do. Mm. Sport Collins, it's a tough place to play. I think that Jay Norvell has got this fan base a little fired up. I wouldn't be surprised to see late night special here. Colorado State gets the outright win at home. I normally only pay attention to Hawaii annually in week zero whenever they're playing someone. <laughs> uh, you're saying to pay attention in week seven uh, and uh, they are taking on San Diego State. San Diego State getting six or uh, laying six points. Hawaii, uh, the road, or excuse me, the underdog here. You're taking Hawaii in the points. Yeah, I okay. am. And I'm not going to be awake to watch this one either. I'm going to have to see uh, when I wake up to watch the London game on Saturday morning if I actually cash this ticket. I think this is a Hawaii team that traditionally gets overlooked but is bet on a lot because it is that late night bailout special. So I have caught this team from time to time. And last year, one of the games I watched was against San Diego State. Hawaii scored late. There was like a minute seven left. Aztec's offense somehow gets into field goal range, go ahead and winning kick, and Hawaii's guts just get ripped out all over the field, right? I think that that is still fresh in the Rainbow Warriors' mind. Uh, Boise State. Ohio, those are the only two games that really impressed me with San Diego State's offense this year. Outside of that, they've failed to score 10 points or more in the other games this season. Four of the last five have been decided by one score. Brandon Schrager not getting a lot of love. Why? Because he plays for Hawaii. 1,700 yards, 14 touchdowns on the season. He has a little bit of a turnover issue, and that was the one concern I had between going with Auburn in this one or Hawaii as my third leg. But I like this late-night special on the island. I would not be surprised to see Hawaii win this one outright. Kelly, I'm sure that you have actual stats to back some of this up, but it feels like when a team surprises America one week at home in an emotional performance like we saw with Louisville over Notre Dame a week ago, it's always tricky the next week if they go on the road. You've got Louisville at Pittsburgh this week. This is one of your best bets. What do you like in this game? Yeah, this one's not fun for me. You think it's fun for me to bet on Pat Narduzzi? Uh, no. It's not. And, no. and this team has, uh, well, their offense is uh, abysmal at best. And usually that's not the types of teams I want to back. But the situation lines up really well here to take Pittsburgh. As you mentioned, Louisville last week benefited from five turnovers, and I was kicking myself for not betting them in my parlay. Of course, after the fact, it's so clear to see who Sam Hartman, who has absolutely owned me when I bet against him, that would have a game like that. But look, you've got the Cardinals off that emotional win. You've got Pitt off a bye. It's homecoming week. 
Last season, if you watched that ugly fourth quarter from the Pitt Panthers, they had Louisville dead to rights and couldn't get it done. They've got the better special teams and the defense. As I mentioned, I got to give Jeff Brom the coaching nod here because Pat does some bonehead things from time to time, like kicking field goals on fourth and one. Uh, let's hope he doesn't do that again and actually shows me that he wants to win a football game because I do think Pitt has the opportunity to do so here on Saturday night. Speaking of Sam Hartman, who kills you either way, what do you like in Notre Dame USC? You know, you brought up the Louisville stat, and that is part of the reason why I was playing Pittsburgh. Teams off a big emotional win, 6-0, and that then travel on the road to play a team with two losses or more have not done historically well we saw this exact same scenario last year in salt lake city when 6-0 usc was an underdog and went into uh went into utah stadium and lost they did get the cover though surprisingly enough look usc what have they shown us lots of offense is caleb williams going to win the heisman probably that being said, you've got to think the Irish are a little pissed off. They probably had this game circled prior to that Louisville loss. Maybe got caught looking ahead. I do think that while Lincoln Riley is a good coach, he tends to falter in these spots. I like the Irish in this one. It's now three, and I think it's three for a reason. I think that we're going to see uh, a lot of money come in on USC, and, and the bookmakers are welcoming it. They're like, all right, well, you guys wanted a three. Here's one. Utah State and uh, Fresno. And are you taking the underdog here at home? Well, I was going to take the underdog here at home because I already bet it on Monday. And now I got uh, some news right here breaking on Twitter that Mikey Nee might not be available. We kind of heard rumblings of that midweek here. Uh, but man, it was more of a play against Fresno State. As you mentioned last week, I did like Wyoming. They have been a scrappy underdog for me, and they handed Fresno State their first loss of the season. So we'll see if Utah State's offense can replicate what we saw uh, from them in the previous week. But, man, I, I hate to see that uh, I'm not going to have a star player in my court. This one's probably going to head back to six, but I did take six and a half early in the week. Final college pick for you, South Carolina and Florida. You like the Gamecocks. Yeah, I do. And I think this is an interesting one. Uh, living here in Florida, I get lots of good Florida intel. And, hey, Billy Napier, done an okay job, right? I, I, I would say that. Okay is, is about what I would give him. I think a lot of people are giving Florida way too much credit for beating that Tennessee team that they have just absolutely owned forever. I was on. Florida in that game. And even I was surprised at how poorly the Vols played. But here is a South Carolina team that I do think deserves a little bit more respect. I think Spencer Rattler is a serviceable quarterback. And we will see this Gators team, who is coming off a bye. And I think a lot of people are giving him a little too much credit here. They're not going to be able to put pressure on him. And we haven't seen them really be able to do so most of the year. I laid two and a half here with South Carolina. Kelly in Vegas, ruining the gimmick by saying she's in Florida. Kelly in Vegas uh, with us each and every week. It's, and it's a state of mind. Check out the it's fade a Vegas as state well. Of mind is what it yeah, is. that's right. Uh, check out the fade as well each and every Thursday with her and Clay Travis available on Outkick. By the way, her NFL picks this weekend: uh, Rams, Colts, Falcons, Jets, and you can get all of that and more on this episode of the I'll Fade. I'll bet them this all. Week. I will bet them all.
Kelly. I, I can't wait. I can't wait for you to mush all of my NFL picks, Chad. Thank you so much. Yeah, you bet your ass. I will, Kelly. And we're going right. to win. The time to win is now, If Chad Kelly. wins again this week on his pitch, I think we both the have to back him a week from the now. The turnaround starts this week. I can feel it. I can feel it. I do feel confident, though. My pitch to her always wins. So Thank that you, Kelly. It's Kelly of Vegas. Crushing it. Coming up, Chad tells you his top ten games of the college football weekend. Who to watch and why? We'll give some picks as well.